1: Hanuman is the perfect example of vira bhava. Vira meaning heroism. He is always ready. Ramakaja karibeko atura. He is always eternally ready to do whatever job Rama has requested him to do. And he is also the epitome of Dasabhava. And dasa bhava means that he is the ultimate servant. He is thinking always of Rama.
2: Welcome to Living with Reality, a podcast featuring archived teachings and modern conversations with Dr. Robert Svoboda, brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Living with Reality explores Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions of India, which Dr. Svoboda has been studying for nearly 50 years. For more information, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dr. Svoboda. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Hello and welcome to Living with Reality. I'm Paula, your host and Dr. Svoboda's business collaborator who helped him to build the courses and this podcast so that you can enjoy his incredible wisdom. We have a very special episode of the podcast for you this week. We are titling it Prana, Pranayama, and Hanuman. He has a course by the same topic, by the same name rather, and these two things go hand in hand. So there's some new material here for those of you who have taken the course. For those of you who are excited by this material, there is a whole course that you can take. And this month only in May, you can join Dr. Sabota's Satsanga, which is a year-long experience with over 200 hours worth of course material and live Q&As with him. We are also having a private podcast experience where we will curate material that goes out on the podcast every month, and the Q&As will be focused on that theme. And yes, the theme of May is Hanuman. So there is a telling of the Ramayana by Dr. Saboda on the podcast this month, and there's also the course Prana, Pranayama, and Hanuman. So we thought this was appropriate to share today. Make sure that you go to the show notes and join the Satsanga this month. It's only available this month so that we can focus on the people who are inside and give them all the support to digest this material. So we really hope you enjoy this week's episode.
1: Namaskaram. My subject today is prana, pranayama, and hanuman. Prana is the life force. It's thanks to prana that we exist, that we are able to project consciousness both externally and internally. It's thanks to Prana that not only the human species, but all species of life, and in fact, the earth herself, has, have evolved over millions and billions of years to reach the state where consciousness can be manifested through matter in the way that it is manifested today. Prana acts as a bridge between the physical world of the five Mahabhutas and the astral world and the spiritual world, the world that is non-material. Modern science, sadly, up, up until now, has been focused on solely the mechanical, material aspect of reality. But there is some hope that in the future, there will be an appreciation for those aspects of reality that cannot be limited to the physical world. And prana is the number one reality that is neither physical only nor non-physical. It influences the physical world. It moves everything around in our body because that's what the air element is supposed to do. It's supposed to move. And Purana is the extremely refined, the very most valuable form of the air element. And that's why Purana has been respected and cultivated in, in all traditional societies, but in particular in the traditional society of India for thousands and thousands of years. Purana may not be called Purana in other places. In Chinese, it's called Qi. In Japan, it's called ki. In other countries, it is other traditions, other languages. It is called something else. But it is the life force. There is only one life force. And it is the life force that inspires everything that is happening to us. It makes the body able to exist because it moves everything around in our digestive tracts, in our circulatory systems, in our minds, in in every part of us that is moving around. And the mind itself is conscious only because Purana provides it that quality of connection to the supreme consciousness that facilitates our being able to mirror that consciousness in whatever limited way we we are able to do so, because we are limited microcosms of that big macrocosm. And as such, pran is serving as a connection between the manifested, dense, punchaboutic world and the very subtle world of everything that is not material. Therefore, it is extremely important for us to cultivate prana in a healthy way. And this is the meaning of pranayama. Pranayama does not mean torture your nostrils and try very hard to hold your breath in. Pranayama means to establish a healthy relationship with prana, to become able to perceive prana within you, and then to be able to work with prana so that it will circulate as best as possible inside you, and you will be able to experience in the best possible way for you at that moment the external reality of the manifested world and the internal reality Of your own spiritual pursuit and eventually the goal that you are moving towards in your spiritual development. So pranayama can be achieved in more than one way. Breathing control, active breathing control, is one valuable way to perform pranayama, providing you are not straining. Because if you strain, That will tend to cause constriction in your nadis, in the vessels in which prana circulates, and where there is constriction, then there will be creation of vata. The difference between prana and vata is prana is actively encouraging you to experience life in its fullest and richest, and vata is not balanced. Vata is causing disturbance causing imbalance, causing things in your organism to be unable to connect as effectively to that reality that is the reality we as, as living beings are all trying to reconnect to. Another way, and the way that was employed back in the Vedic era, Another way of controlling prana is to recite or to sing. So in the those who do sadhana of the Vedas are expected to recite for three hours every day and to do that for 12 years. And as a result of doing that, there will be automatically, if you're doing it properly and you're getting the proper result, the proper experience, the proper anubhava, then You are getting that anubhava because you have cultivated the prana. If you are a follower of bhakti yoga, then by virtue of employing your devotion to connect to your beloved deity, that devotion itself will cause all of the prana that would otherwise be expended with the help of your senses connecting to different things, either externally or internally, or in the internet, which is somewhere in between external and internal, all of that prana that would be expended elsewhere, because the rule with prana is wherever your attention goes, your prana will go. And in the modern world, our attention is going everywhere. And that's the way that we have to live, but we have to have the ability to bring our attention into great focus when we want it to be into focus. If you perform Vipassana meditation, you will be taught to circulate your attention in a particular way, and your prana will automatically learn to circulate in that way. So there are many ways to do pranayama, but the important thing to do is to perform, to select a method, to work with that method, and to get the result. As my mentor, Sri Vimalananda, used to say, and he was quoting a, a proverb from someone, jahane paunchte ravi, wahan paunchte kavi. Or jahane paunchte kavi, wahan paunchte anubhavi. So where even the sun, ravi, cannot reach, that is where the poet, the covey, is able to reach because the sun can connect to everything in the material world, but the poet is able to abstract from the material world and create similes and metaphors and and take the experience, take the perceptions that we have of the physical world and alter them into something potentially more rarefied, and potentially more accurately connected to reality. But where even the poet cannot go, that is where the anubhavi, the experiencer, can go. Because poetry still has the potential to be superficial, still has the potential to be theoretical. But someone who has a personal experience, anubhava, that's someone who has connected directly to that reality. So pranayama really practically means cultivating prana. Some people will translate the word pranayama as controlling prana, but that suggests that you are personally attempting to control prana. And that is a very unwise thing to do because you are alive due to prana. Prana is infinitely more powerful than you are. And prana can therefore not be controlled by you. What you can do is align yourself with prana and encourage the prana to move in particular ways, not try to force the prana to move in those ways because that trying to force prana will inevitably create some kind of problem. I can testify to this. When I was in my early 20s and therefore too young to know any better, I tried very hard to work with the prana and ended up only straining some of my internal organs. Fortunately, I gained the advantage of advice from Vimalananda at a critical juncture, and I was able to back off from there and and understand better how to work with prana, not to get the idea that it can be controlled, but rather to establish a a healthy and co-creative relationship because prana, the desire that prana has and everything in the universe has an agenda, the desire that prana has is to cause life to be able to exist and why should life exist? Because consciousness can express itself through that life. So if we are facilitating Consciousness to express itself to the greatest degree through us, we are doing. We are serving Prana's agenda, and therefore Prana will be willing to serve our agenda. Now, this, of course, can 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 be dangerous because Prana is a Shakti. Prana is energy, and energy can do. You can do good things with energy. You can do bad things with energy. With nuclear energy, you can. Create a a, a power plant. Uh, You can also create a nuclear weapon. It can be very beneficial. It can be very destructive. So, what we have to do is cultivate the energy and make sure that the energy is pointed in a positive direction. And this is where Hanuman comes into the picture. Hanuman is regarded as. Being the son of the god of wind, that's why one of his one of his paryaya namas, one of his uh, other names, is uh, uh, Maruti. so he is also of course regarded as being the eleventh of the Rudras, an incarnation of Shiva and so there is the Shiva energy of consciousness that is not limited by the normal things that is are limited in embodied life, but at the same time, there is a the, the life, the force of the air element itself brought the consciousness brought into that air element and expressing itself in a particular way in the same way that that happens inside the body. So. Hanuman is the perfect example of vira bhava. Vira meaning heroism. He is always ready. Ramakaja kaja atura. He is always eternally ready to do whatever job Rama has requested him to do. And he is also the epitome of dasa bhava. And dasa bhava means that he is the ultimate servant. He is thinking always of Rama. He is never doing anything that is not connected to the awareness of Rama. And that is a very accurate statement of what the ultimate intention of prana is. The ultimate intention of the life force is for all living beings to connect to Rama. That's not necessarily the Rama that is the Rama of the Ramayana, but that's the Rama who is the Atma Rama, the Rama that is the expression of the supreme reality, that Rama who is the Avatara of that ultimate reality. So prana is connecting us it has the desire to and the potential to connect us to that ultimate reality that has no qualities, that has no attributes whatsoever. And it does so by first connecting, but Hanuman does so by first connecting us to that Marjada Purushottama Rama who has qualities and limitations, even though he is the incarnation of that reality. And the the beautiful thing is that Prana, Hanuman, in certain ways, understands this reality better than Rama himself did. There is that famous Sanskrit um, uh, verse that says, uh, Rama has asked Hanuman, how do you look at me? And Hanuman says, Deha dasoham, jiva buddhyatudamsakaha. From the perspective of the body, says Hanuman, I am your servant, Dasoham, I am your Dasa. From the perspective of the Jiva, the individual soul inside the body, I am a portion of you because you are the supreme soul. And from the Position from the perspective of the the Atma, of the Paramatma, of the Supreme Reality itself, I am you. So, from the Supreme perspective, Prana is the Supreme Reality. From the perspective of the Jiva, of the individual soul, Prana is a portion of that individual soul. And from the position of the body, Prana is the servant of the immortal soul. So it's worthwhile, I believe, for all of us to remember that the prana is the deity of the physical body, of all of the cells in the body, not only human cells, but also microbiome cells. Everything that is living inside the body, each organ, Uh, each, each, uh, each part of the organism that has its own concept of
0: individuality,
1: however limited.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash be here now today. To get 10% off your first month, that's betterhelp. H E L slash be here now.
1: All of those living beings that make up our bodies, they all worship Prana as their deity. They don't know anything about fancy, um, uh, complicated mythologies and and mantras and things like that. All they know is that prana delivers the life force to them. And therefore, they don't get complicated about it. They, can, they are always focusing, like servants, on that life force. And as long as they are connected to that life force, they will serve until death. They will serve without any kind of objection or obstruction. So. And this is why it is very made very clear in Ayurveda that if you wish to be healthy, you must have prana circulating properly. Minimize vata, maximize prana, do not in any way obstruct prana, and then you will be able to experience life as best you can in the physical body that you currently have. And so this is why pranayama is so important. The various Ayurvedic methods for encouraging the body to be balanced and healthy. And that would be, in the context of the physical body, there should be samata, balance of all the doshas and all the metabolic processes and all the organ systems, et cetera. And in the case of the mind, the sense organs, and the spirit, there should be prasannata. There should be a sense of being, feeling that everything is, is, is good, that everything is adequate. There should be satisfaction. There should be a calm that is reflective of the fact that there is no craving. Where there is craving, that means you are craving for something. You have an aim to towards which your attention is moving. And then your prana will move in that direction. And then the prana will not be properly centered within you and something is going to go wrong. You can be sure of it. So prana, pranayama, and hanuman, if you establish a healthy relation with your prana, and you will do that by whatever method of pranayama you decide to employ, and then you turn your attention towards the supreme reality, then hanuman is an excellent deity for you to appreciate and also be, uh, apply your attention and your devotion to because he being he is the embodiment of that prana but he has been he has his attention has been specifically directed to that ultimate reality when he was born of course you may know the story that he not long after he was born he saw the rising sun and he thought it is a giant fruit in the sky. I'm very hungry. I've just been born and I'm hungry now. Therefore, I'm going to go and take it out of the sky and eat it. And of course, that would have uh, created a giant problem for the entire solar system. So Indra, the king of the gods, but that represent, Indra represents the Indriyas, the senses. Indra cast his Vajra, his thunderbolt, hit Hanuman on the jaw and Hanu means jaw in Sanskrit, knocked him down. And it was decided that he should forget his capabilities until it was time for him to remember. And only when it was time for him to serve as the servant of Rama was he reminded of who, who he was and what his capabilities were. And then he could do all of the jobs that he did for Rama. So it is up to each one of us first to, if we want to have a really full and rich and ultimately satisfying, not just temporarily, but ultimately satisfying experience of life, it's very important for us to bring together our attention, learn, become a, a, a well a, attentive to our prana, and learn to circulate the prana properly within us. And once we and the prana are well aligned, once that pranayama has brought us into a healthy relationship, then we need to remind the prana of what it really is. It is not just the life force inside our limited individual organisms. It is the life force that ultimately has come from the supreme reality. And it can return us to the supreme reality if we will only remind it of what its capabilities are. And that's where Hanuman comes in. So there is a beautiful little song that I love to sing, and I've sung it many times and repeated it to many people. I never get tired of singing it. It was taught to me by Swami Gyananand, a man who was born in Switzerland but lived as a sadhu for 60 years in India or more. And it goes this way Jaya Hanuman, Ati Balavan, Ramanama Rasiyare, Prabhu Mana Basiyare. Victory to Hanuman, Jaya Hanuman, Ati Balavan. He who is beyond all, all capacity of understanding just how powerful he is. He is powerful beyond all limitation whatsoever. Ramanam rasiade. He, he gets his juice, he gets his rasa from the name of Rama. And that juice part is important because, of course, where there is prana circulating in the organism properly, then that means the agni, the fire in the organism, will be properly enkindled. And that means that of all the different juices in the body, we will be able to refine those juices into an excellent form of bhakti rasa, of devotional juice that will encourage us to move in a positive direction towards that reality while keeping our own bodies uh, very healthy, because that's what happens if the juice in your body is perfectly created and balanced and harmonized. So, Ramana Marasiade, thanks to the name of Rama, repeating the name of Rama, he is able to make sure that not only He is well connected to Rama, but he is filled with juicy uh, affection and devotion for Rama. And it's worth remembering here that Rama is Ram Bija, and that is the Bija mantra for fire. So when the fire is properly activated by the prana, so when Hanuman recites Ram Bija in the form of Rama. So that prana is activating fire and the result is that the water element is properly created and circulated and the result is juiciness, satisfaction and achievement of the goal. Rama namara Prabhu, O Lord Hanuman, mana basiade. Please come and make your and sit in Make your residence in. Please remain in my awareness. And mana in, in Hindi, this is a Hindi song, can not only mean mind, it can mean heart as well. And that, of course, is where devotion, Your many people believe your consciousness, including Ayurveda, believes your consciousness is located in your hodaya, in your heart. That this is a very important organ, your brain, but really your ultimate consciousness is here in your heart so it goes like this jaya hanuman atthibalawan aramanamarseyare prabhu manabasiyare now It's very simple. It's fun to sing. You can spend, I've spent all kinds of time singing it, and that's good, just as it is. If you sing it and you visualize Hanuman, that's even better. But if you sing it and you visualize Hanuman, at the same time you are circulating the pran in your body in a healthy way and connecting that pran to the supreme reality, then you're getting the real Anubhava of the song. So, Jahane Ravi, where even Ravi, and remember Ravi, Rama, they have the same Rambija, where even Ravi cannot reach, where even the sun cannot reach, the kavi, the poet can reach. So the poet has produced this Jayahanuman Ati balavan. So the, the 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 ordinary experience of prana was not able to express this reality as well as the poet was able to, but the person who takes that poetry and experiences it, who has the un above within himself or herself, that person goes even further than the poet because they actually can, have, can taste the juice of that devotion and ultimately of that reality itself. So may we all, like Hanumanji, be servants of that supreme reality May we all always be enjoying the juice of that devotion. Jaya Hanuman.